Regardless of your age, who you are or where you come from, as long as you set your mind to something and you're really passionate about it, you can achieve anything. And that's the message I want to get across to young people. Of course, the convention itself was always fun. We get to look at the best new, prettiest gliders and talk gliders with everyone again. It's, uh, it can be a long winter for some of us. And uh, it's, it's a real, it's kind of the beginning of the soaring season. This is Soaring the Sky, a glider pilot's podcast. Coming to you from the Mid-Atlantic region here in the United States and bringing you great soaring content from glider pilots all over the globe. We now join Chuck and our guest pilot. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Some of you may have seen our new look on social media. Zach, our graphic designer, has been working hard to give our logo a facelift and I wanted to thank him for all his hard work. It looks amazing and some of you have also given us positive feedback. On today's episode, we have two guest pilots joining us. First, we will talk to Jack Jenner Hall, who was Britain's youngest pilot, and get an update from him. He is now 16, and he has done so much since we last talked. We'll be chatting about aerobatic training, cross-country flying, and he's also going to share with us his first landout story. Later, David McMasters joins us for an update, and he's going to share some exciting news he has for the soaring community, and I'm going to let him tell you about that. All that right now here on episode 139 of Soaring the Sky. Hello, Jack. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you. It's been a little while since we chatted. you got a lot going on. You've been very busy. Yeah, uh, to say the least, really. Um, un- un- annoyingly, it's um, especially this year, it's meant that I haven't really ha- had time for gliding. Um, I've only been up in the glider about three times this year. Um, but yeah, it, all this busyness has come out from very good opportunities and it's bringing a lot of really good opportunities too. Yeah, like you're one of the ambassadors of aviation by the Department of Transport, right? Yeah, so um, it's a group of 13 of us um, from all backgrounds in aviation, all di- all the different sectors and departments of aviation. And um, we were appointed by the Secretary of State for the Department of Transport, so under the UK government. Um, and our job is to promote aviation as a sector, as a hobby, as a passion. On a professional front, we want to help show that it's not just about pilots and cabin crew. It's There's so many more opportunities and so many more sectors. And I see aviation, the sector of it, as like an umbrella. And underneath the umbrella, there's every and any single job role you can think of would fit into the aviation uh, sector and industry. We come from, yeah, so we come from all different backgrounds. Uh, so like myself, I became the UK's youngest pilot, I fly gliders, then there's people who have been um, ex-airline captains, current airline captains. Uh, we've got quite a few aerospace engineers. Uh, we've got someone who's the head of the of NATS, which is the National Air Traffic Service um, for England. And then we've got people, we've got someone who also flies drones for the police and uh, help crack down on crimes using drones, which is really cool. One of the things I want to get out of it is I want to help show that no, regardless of your age, who you are, or where you come from, as long as you set your mind to something and you're really passionate about it, you can achieve anything. And that's the message I want to get across to young people. Well, I think you've been doing that. So you've been setting a very good example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and speaking of that, we were talking earlier and you organized and helped promote a weekend of aerobatic training for young people. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, so I can't take all the credit for it. Um, we had, I've mentioned Tom Benson um, from a club just down south of us. He's, uh, he's done two very good junior weekends now. Um, I've helped organise this one, uh, A, because it's aerobatics and it was at my club. Um, it was it was a really good weekend. Uh, we had someone called Guy Westgate, who is like the guy for aerobatics in in England. He came up and gave, gave some really good uh, tuition lectures and a lot of beneficial flying for aerobatics. And not only did it help, you know, engage young people uh, with improving their flying and showing them the world of aerobatics, even the instructors who were on helping said it improved their flying, and it gave them a really better understanding of how of what the glider could do it definitely inspired us a couple of people as well to progress further in aerobatics and once they could get the rating to get aer- their aerobatic rating uh, to pursue it further which is really good because um aerobatics in england for, especially in gliders uh, hasn't been doing particularly well uh, this part last couple of years um so it's really good to see the enthusiasm or the weighting of the enthusiasm for people wanting to progress into it so what did the weekend involve i mean a lot of training i'm sure yeah, so on the Friday, it was so it was a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday. On the Friday, it was just people got here, um, everyone introduced themselves, uh, their like uh, experience of flying. Um, then we had a lecture Friday evening about what the weekend's going to entail. So the training, the lectures, uh, the structure of the weekend. We got to Saturday and uh, we looked out the window and it didn't look particularly nice, but we may do what we got. Um, we got more flying in later in the afternoon clouds were just high enough um so with students who haven't done aerobatics before they were doing uh, uprt which is upset prevention and recovery training before they even did any form of aerobatic maneuvers just so they can understand how to get themselves out of a incident if it goes wrong for people who have an aerobatic rating already it was progressing to the next level so in, I don't know if it's the same in, in America um, or anywhere else in the world, but in England, we have your standard sportsman, intermediate, advanced, unlimited badges. And you you don't have to have a badge to do aerobatics. You can get signed off on certain maneuvers. So wherever they were in the training, it'd be the next step up. So I've got my sportsman level. Um, so I did my next step, which was intermediate, uh, which got done, which was, I'm very happy about. And then people who like, for example, any new loops moved on to things like Humpty Bumps and stall turns or Chandelles and things like that. Um, but by the end of the weekend, we had people who went from no experiences, experience doing loops independently, um, Humpty Bumps, and they were really enjoying themselves, which was the main thing. Amazing. Wow. That's awesome. So you recently received your cross-country endorsement. Yeah. So uh, last summer, um, I got to the age of 16 uh, the youngest you can get your cross-country endorsement um, and I after doing my uh, navigation tests and field landings test I did my first 50 kilometers um, on a completely blue day I was very timid uh, of seeing the airfield disappear so my 50 kilometers took just over three hours with a very low score of 35 kph but it was a blue day was my excuse um but it, it was really good it, it was a really good experience um i did a lot more cross country last year um and did my first land out as well oh, so how was the land out yeah it was good there's this uh it's, it was at an airfield called ridgewell which doesn't look like an airfield from the sky it just looks like a patch of grass I didn't realize it was that airfield till I saw the gliders um the other side of the hedge. I was getting really low. It was um it was a couple of things that led up to it. It was um 
I was at the back of the grid and the tug had to go and refuel before it could come and launch me after launching everyone else. Um, and there was a sea breeze front that was um, setting in. So that was going to kill the day. Um, and I got the brunt of the sea, of the sea breeze front and uh, unfortunately had to land out. Luckily, there were some people there who, who were able to unlock the gate uh, just before they left. So we were able to get the uh, trailer in. But it was really good. It was a fun experience. I actually saw this, saw the people the other week when I went to go fly at another club and uh, they they mimicked me and said, I haven't landed an ASW19 here yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was really, really good. So you're going to be competing again in the Dan Smith Memorial Aerobatic uh, Competition this year, right? Yeah. So actually it's uh, not this weekend, next weekend. I still realize I need to put my uh, entry in on it and the deadlines today. So it's a little bit late, but I'll do it, I'll do it after this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it'll be really, really good. It'll be good to see some of the competitors again. And I've been looking at the entry list and there's some new people as well who haven't competed before, which is really, which is really awesome to see. Um, it shows that there's still good enthusiasm for competitive aerobatics. And I'm hoping for a good result again this year. And yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good round day. Can you give us a little history on the Dan Smith Memorial? Yeah, so it's been around since, I believe, the 1990s. Um, the Dan Smith was actually named after um, after someone called Dan Smith, um, who really pushed for uh, the, the desire of aerobatics um, back in the day. Um, I don't know too much with the history of it. So with his commitments and efforts, the competition was named after him, the Dan Smith Memorial. And uh, I've got the trophy in my front room. And there's names of aerobatic aces, um, world champions uh, that are on there. So it's a really good, it's a really good start. It's an entry level competition. And it's for anyone as well. It's it's really good as it helps. It gives a different insight into um, flying as well. And it, it, it helps push for competitive aerobatics. Now, you took part in the uh, Junior Nationals. You were in a two-seater, right? Yeah. So um, the Junior Nationals happens every year, usually the last weekend of August. Um, this was my first one. Um, it was at RF Keevil, um, so down in the southwest of England. I, the reason why I did my why I did it in a two-seater is I've never done a competition like that before. So I thought, you know, it'd be best, best to get some experience before I go out and do it yeah, by myself right. which I've, I've put an entry in for it this year uh, flying an asw19 it was really really good i met so many good friends um and learned so much and it really helps improve my flying and also like even on the basic things like thermaling it really sh- it showed where i could improve on and what i eventually did improve on and it's like little things to look for like in the clouds like ground features um where the good lift will be how to you know really center in a thermal and get the best climb and also it was a very peculiar experience thermaling with about 30 gliders uh, yeah. your head <laughs> doesn't doesn't stop moving um you're looking everywhere your flam is making so many noises there's radio chatter so there's a lot of distractions so it was really learning like how, how to kind of block all that out and focus on where the glider is in front of you where all that well where all the gliders are um how to not crash into them uh, another thing as well is doing a racing finish um with many 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 other gliders um like coordinating with them and like where to land it's 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 a different type of flying to like your regular regular everyday club flying um so now like um doing it on my own this year i'm feeling a lot more confident than i would if i had had no experience 
Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I did. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna be keeping an eye on you this year and <laughs> in the nineteen. Yeah, and you're yeah. hoping to do your uh, first three hundred k soon, right? Yeah, so the season's just about starting um, now. We the first five hundred kilometers was flown in the UK uh, either last week or the week before. So the, the season is is upon us, and um, I've really kindly um, been offered a share uh, an insurance share in, in a glider in an SW nineteen at my club to progress through uh, my cross country and one of my aims this year is to do my 300 kilometers so going towards my gold badge just waiting for the season to really pick up and the date the really good days become a bit more consistent um and then i'll start planning where well i've got an idea of where i'll go um but just waiting for a good enough day to do it and today's not a good day right no i as i look out my window it's a uh, cloudy can't really see much raining and windy so it's uh not not a very good day for it well we'll be wishing for some good days you can get in the air yeah definitely. what are your words of wisdom for young people out there and and maybe some older people too that haven't jumped in a glider yet but they're really on the fence and they're thinking about it three words just do it is what I'd say, really. I was, I was speaking to you beforehand as well um, with the thing with the, the ambassador and the message I want to share is, um, especially for young people as well, if you really have a dream, if you really have something you want to achieve and you look forward to doing, just do it. As long as you, as long as you put the hard work, commitment and dedication into something, working towards something, you can achieve anything. And I think gliding for me has made me realise that and shown, and like what, what I've put in is what I've got out. So I've put in so much effort. I've worked hard to get to where I am and I've you know, been dedicated to the sport and now in the position, then this has opened up the opportunities that I've got now. So I'd just say do it. Excellent. Jack, we're going to be watching you and we're going to be rooting for you and we'll definitely have you back on the podcast to see how it's going. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Hi, it's Laura from episode 128 and you're listening to Soaring the Sky, a Glider Pilots podcast. Wings and Wheels has been serving the soaring and sport aviation community for over 30 years. They hands down have the largest and most comprehensive inventory of sailplane and soaring supplies in North America, and they ship globally. Nearly everything you'll find on their site is in stock and ready for same-day shipping. Wings and Wheels is the exclusive American representative for HPH sailplanes. Be sure to check out the Twin Shark, their latest launch. They're also now the exclusive distributor in North America for the new Just Soaring Glider Sim Pro. The team has thousands of hours of flying experience in gliders and airplanes. Staffed by Adam, Kelly, Laura, and Sean. A friendly voice will answer when you call or email them. Check them out at wingsandwheels.com. David, welcome back to Soaring the Sky. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for having me, Chuck. It's good to be back. Absolutely. And, you know, for those that have not heard your aviation story, they can check out episode 128. That's the last time we talked to you. I think that's titled Soaring in the Junior Worlds. One of the main reasons why I have you back on the show is because in our past conversation, you know, you had talked about team flying and how here in the United States, we really don't focus on that like a lot of other countries do. And it, from what I understand, your goal was to help build that so we could be more competitive in future world competitions. How is that progressing? Well, uh, you're absolutely right, Chuck. That's, uh, that's my goal is um, ultimately to, to build a better U.S. team. How I think we can do that is 
is by creating a competitive outlet for team flying. And since I I've, uh, was last on, I've been kind of busy with that. I've gotten permission from Harris Hill, Harris Hill Soaring up in uh, Elmira, New York, to, to host the first, as far as I'm aware, the first ever team flying contest. Awesome. Good to hear. Yeah. You know, it was uh, met with some cautious optimism at first, you know, right. as any sort of experiment would be. Yeah. But the, the gist is we'll have uh, teams of two with open communication. And uh, at the end of each flight, your, your team will be averaged together for one score. And that is what will be the final score. Okay. Nice. And the, uh, the goal is to, to provide some sort of motivation to, to stick with your teammate. All right. So that's, that's a quick rundown of how the, the contest is going to go. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of my attempt on trying to get some people as uh, energized and stoked about team flying as I am. Yeah, very cool. That's, that is an endeavor, but that's good to see taking the initiative and trying to get something rolling. Yeah, you had been in the junior worlds, and, and that really, I guess, opened your eyes up from what we were talking about. Oh, yeah, big time. Absolutely. It was, uh, it was like I was racing in a different sport. Yeah, wow. So what's the next step as far as that goes? You're going to have that competition and see how it goes, see what kind of interest have you gotten so far? Yeah, so the next step is getting people to sign up and come compete. From July 10th through July 20th of this year is when we'll be having the event. And I've been, uh, been told by Harrisville that we can fit 20 people with the, the resources we have for, for the experiment. So 20 people, 20 pilots, 10 teams of two. Okay. Right now, we, we have 12 signed up, so six teams, only, only eight more pilots, slots available, but we are, are eager to get them filled up. If somebody's interested, you have some spots there. What can they do to get a hold of you and, and get in? Yeah, uh, well, I hope my, my email will be at the bottom of this, this podcast and as well as the sign-up link. Now, the sign-up sheet is active and available through Harris Hill's website via their events calendar. Okay. So you go to Harris Hill's website, events, go to July you'll see the, the team flying exhibition right there and you can click on it and it'll, it'll take you to the contest website. Uh, I hope to be able to provide that link directly to the sign-up sheet. Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll definitely put all those in the show notes here when we get done chatting, we'll get that together. And so they can just, when they're listening to this, they can click on that and get right to it. Awesome. Awesome. Now, the other thing, the, the first four days, uh, the 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th will be, I'm hesitant to say seminar, but kind of a, a chance to teach team flying. Okay. As it's a, a pretty foreign concept, we don't really know how to do it right. So the idea is that we get to, to get some people who know how to do it to come in and, and share the techniques and what works, when it works, that sort of thing. And then the last seven, so the, the 14th through the 20th, will be race days. Hopefully, we'll we'll have good weather and have a winning team. Nice. Now, what are the requirements for the aircraft? Uh, it is it's going to be flown under sports class handicaps. Okay. So, really, any glider. The goal is to find a teammate that uh, has a similar handicapped glider because it makes sticking together easier. Yeah. And if you don't have a teammate, don't hesitate to still sign up. There's 
plenty of people on the list already that, that don't have teammates. So once we get a list of everyone that's in and we get our 20 people, which I'm, I'm very confident we can do, we will uh, get people with similar gliders in touch with each other uh, well in advance of the contest so that they have time to, to chat and, and meet each other and uh, talk about their strategies and their experiences and that sort of thing. Very cool. Thanks, David. I'm, I'm excited to hear how this turns out. This, this might be uh, infectious and kind of spread across the country. That'd be awesome. I, I sure hope so. You know, and uh, as I'm talking to people and traveling to, to other sewing clubs and talking about it, Elmira is, uh, is in the Northeast, so it's hard to get to for some. But I know the, the youth soaring on the West Coast, uh, a bunch of those guys have expressed some serious interest in it. And it's just too far for them to make it. But they have talked about doing something similar on, on the West Coast. So oh, nice! Hopefully, awesome. uh, the idea does spread. Like I, like I said, we can get that that enthusiasm out there for it. Uh, very cool. I'm excited to hear how this is going to go. David, uh, the SSA recently had their convention in Reno. I was honored to actually get an invitation to speak there, but unfortunately, I had some family obligations here, so I wasn't able to attend. But I understand you were there and you attended. So, can you tell us about your experience and some of the highlights and what you enjoyed? I sure can. Yeah, I was there. Um, I had the the privilege to do the competition pilots breakfast talk. Nice. Um, so those that listeners that were there, they'll they'll recognize me. But um, basically, it was just exactly what I was on here last time for to to just share my experience at the Junior Worlds in the Czech Republic, and I uh, kind of thank everyone because uh, without the SSA and and their sponsorship, I wouldn't have been able to go. So. That was super cool for me to be able to kind of uh, express my appreciation on what I've been able to do. Of course, the convention itself was always fun. You get to look at the best, new, prettiest gliders and talk gliders with everyone again. It's uh, it can be a long winter for some of us, and uh, it's it's a real. It's kind of the beginning of the soaring season. It had been a couple months since I had even really looked at a glider and. Uh, it was good to, to be around that environment again. And you see all your old friends and it really is just a good time. Nice. Yeah. All that, uh, eye candy, right? Those ships yeah. you can't afford. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So David, how's your professional aviation journey going? I think we were, you were telling us that you were getting started into, uh, being a commercial pilot. Is that right? Uh, yes. So I've, I've had my commercial ratings, um, for several years now, uh, not to get the, the two terms mix, mixed up, but, right, uh, right. I, yeah, I did start with, uh, Endeavor Air in fall. They are a, a Delta connection. So the, the feeder jets that 76 passengers fly the route, say Cincinnati to Detroit. Okay. Stuff right. like that. I started with them in, uh, in September and, Spent a couple months going through their training program and, and got my uh, my ATP certificate. Oh, congratulations! Thank you, thank you. And since about uh, late November, I've been out on the line and uh, doing some flying. So wow. it hasn't been all gliders for me, which I do miss. But uh, with the season coming up, I'm I'm excited to get back in my ship. So what are you flying there? The CRJ 700 and CRJ 900, the, the dual rated. Oh, okay. Nice. 
So we are well into spring here in many parts of the world, of course, and that means a lot of pilots are jumping back into the cockpit after a few months, of course, of little or no flying at all. And as you know, we try to focus part of the podcast here on safety. What do you do if you haven't been in the air for a while to make sure you have a safe transition and really just, you know, a fun, successful soaring season? Well, the biggest thing to do, best thing to do is, is fly with an instructor or, or a competent, not necessarily an instructor, just a, a competent rated pilot. You know, if you're, you yourself are feeling nervous about it, obviously we have to, to get our three takeoff and landings and get current before we can really exercise any of our privileges. But definitely, I would say make sure that your, your first couple flights back and back for the season are not on marginal weather days, that they are, are well within your limits, personal limits, and uh, just ease back into it. And if, uh, if that means for you flying with an instructor, then fly with an instructor. That means for you just taking a couple weekends and, and staying around the pattern, staying around the flagpole, and that's what that means. Uh, you know, knowing your own personal limits and, and not pushing yourself too hard is the, the best advice I can give. Nice. Thank you. Well, David, we're going to be keeping an eye on this competition up there in uh, Elmira and definitely uh, excited to see how that all turns out. And like I said, hopefully that will spread and and we'll get some cool stuff going on. Yeah, good. I hope there, I hope there are lots of eyes on it. I think um, aside from all the eye candy at the convention, that was one of the best things I got to do was go and, and spread the word about this idea there. I didn't necessarily, I didn't have the sign-up sheet ready, but um, at that time, but I, I think there's going to be a lot of eyes, a lot of uh, people, especially from the U.S. teams, are very interested and curious about the idea. So now it's just a matter of going out there and, and executing the game plan. We'll see how it goes. All right. Well, thanks for jumping back on the podcast again. Always nice to talk to you. It's my pleasure. And um, we'll, I'm sure, we'll get an update as it gets closer. Absolutely, yeah. Hopefully, uh, Harrisville's website will be kept pretty up to date with the important goings-ons about the about the contest. All right, good deal. Thanks again, David. All right, you're welcome, Chuck. If you would like to say hi and let us know where you are enjoying the podcast, we would love to hear from you. If you are a glider pilot and want to share your aviation journey, contact us at chuck at soaringthesky.com or send us a message on our website at SoaringTheSky.com and Chuck will get in touch with you. We hope you join us next time for another soaring adventure here on Soaring the Sky, a Glider Pilots podcast. Soaring the Sky is written and produced by Chuck Fulton. Original music for the podcast was written and produced by Kim Spangler. Graphic design for the podcast was created by Zachary Fulton. Voiceover work was done by Michelle Perez.